You know, I don't get starstruck very often. In my business, you you can't really afford to get starstruck. But I'm not going to lie. Every time I'm in the presence of our special guest on this week's show, I kind of go, whoa, hey, man, that's our Vanderveer over there. Big edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Glad that you are with us for it on Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Hope that you are doing well, staying healthy, keeping sane, and treating everyone that you meet with kindness and respect. Really looking forward to chatting with our special guest on this week's episode, Tara Vanderveer, one of the all-time greats. No matter the sport, Tara Vanderveer, the head coach of Stanford women's basketball with 34 seasons as the head coach on the farm underneath her belt. Interesting spot for Stanford women's basketball right now as she's going to help us take a snapshot of the program. We'll get her thoughts on how she's been working through the pandemic and really looking forward to getting her thoughts on some reports that we might have basketball before January 1st. And she's got a really major milestone well within reach when Stanford takes the court next time around. So a lot on the plate for Tara Vanderveer. I'm looking forward to having an in-depth conversation with her. That's coming up in a few moments. Who am I? I'm just Troy Clarity. I've just been following Stanford sports for 27 years. Pac-12 Network play-by-play announcer as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity, at Troy Clarity. Uh, last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. If you want to give me the follow on Twitter, would certainly appreciate that. This would have been the opening week for Stanford football. This week would have been it. This Saturday would have been the kickoff for the 2020 Stanford football season as the Cardinal were slated originally to host William & Mary to begin the season. And I I can't keep my brain too far away from that very thought this week, as this, you know, Tuesday would have been David Shaw's first weekly press conference of the year, and uh, this Saturday would have been our first chance to to gather at Stanford Stadium and to uh, watch Stanford football and see, see what it could do to rebound from its tough 2019 season and get back to reaching the heights that it had reached throughout much of the past dozen years or so. So I wish things had worked out a lot better in in a lot of different respects, but here we are and uh, looking forward to Stanford football getting back up to speed whenever that happens. Can't wait for Stanford women's basketball. They they didn't get a chance to even complete their season last year. We'll get Tara Vanderveer's thoughts coming up on that in just a moment or so. And we'll also give you three things that you need to know around Stanford athletics. That's coming up in just a couple of seconds. But first, a reminder, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball all in full swing and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And of course, there's always the online casino. It never closes. Head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get you three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics. And let's begin with number one. 
Well, obviously, Pac-12 competition is on hiatus until January 1st at the earliest. And that doesn't just apply to the fall sports. It also applies to the winter sports as well. But could the Pac-12 revive basketball before the new year? Well, reports started surfacing last week that the Pac-12 was potentially considering allowing basketball to start perhaps in November. John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News helping to lead that way on reporting as usual. Now, of course, all of this is contingent on whether it's healthy, healthy enough, safe enough, and responsible enough to do so. Uh, CBS Sports' John Rothstein reported on Tuesday that the Men's and Women's Basketball Oversight Committee will propose November 25th start date for the upcoming season. NCAA expected to announce its basketball start timeline in a couple of weeks. Pac-12, we'll see what they do in response to that. Now, we'll get Tara Vanderveer's reaction and see what she knows about all of this in, in, in just a little bit or so. But, you know, we might, we might see basketball before the end of the year if it's safe enough to do so. In related news, wear a mask. Let's get to number two. And we've been talking about the possibility of Stanford football players foregoing playing for the Cardinal this year and heading off to the pros, Walker Little and Paul Snadebo in particular. We haven't seen that with Stanford football just yet, but we are seeing it in Stanford men's soccer. Last week, Stanford forward Arda Balut announced he's foregoing his senior season on the farm and signing with Louisville City FC of the USL, which is a step underneath the MLS. Balut says that with all the uncertainty surrounding COVID-19, he felt like now was the time to turn pro and to realize his dream of being a professional soccer player. Balut from Los Gatos scored a couple goals for Stanford last season, was Pac-12 All-Academic second team in 2018. And the first thing that, that Jeremy Gunn, the Stanford men's soccer head coach, will tell you about Arda, great striker. And when you see him play, you certainly see that out there on the pitch. Man, he's got a cannon, absolute cannon, shoots bullets. Arda, Balut, bullet. See what I did there? I didn't even realize I was doing that. Anyway, Balut is also fluent in English, Spanish, and Turkish, too. So congrats to Arda and uh, best of luck to him as he embarks on his professional career. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm more witty than I even realize. Or maybe I'm not. It's probably more the latter than that. Well, let's get to number three. <laughs> And a couple of impending departures from Stanford Athletics that I'd like to acknowledge here and now. Uh, Nick Sacco in the Athletic Communications Office. He's the SID for Stanford Men's Swimming and Diving, Baseball, and Women's Soccer. Now, I worked with Nick plenty uh, on the baseball and women's soccer sides, calling both those sports uh, for the Pac-12 Network and for Stanford, too. Uh, fantastic game notes always ran a very smooth ship on game day and you always knew when he you always knew you were in good hands when uh, he was in the press box and you knew that uh, stuff was going to get done and you were going to get what you needed as a member of the media cannot thank him enough for all of his help over the past few years as nick is leaving the athletic department this week also beth good executive associate athletic director and senior women's administrator her departure was announced last week now, Beth came to Stanford in 1995 when she worked in the media relations department, mostly with women's basketball. She also had to deal with a ragtag bunch of KZSU kids, which is how I came to know Beth when she arrived on the farm back in the mid-90s. Really cool to see her rise in the department, to see her offices get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, really cool to, to watch her and to see her uh, rise uh, through the uh, Stanford Athletic Department. And look, 
25 years, man, that's a long time to be in one place, especially in collegiate athletics, and especially in this day and age. And that was even the case before COVID-19 flipped over the table. Uh, Ray Perper, uh, the Deputy Athletic Director of Athletics for Stanford, has a couple of months on Beth. Beth and I, you know, in an email exchange earlier this week, we were trying to figure out, you know, 25 years, who has more seniority than you? And I threw out Ray Perper's name. Uh, he indeed has a couple months on Beth. But Beth also threw out Jenny Claypool, who helped Stanford run championships events. Uh, and Jenny might actually be the longest tenured non-coaching staff member at the Ariaga Family Sports Center. So... There you have it. Beth's last day is uh, February 4th of next year. Thank you to Beth and thank you to Nick. Thank you to uh, two folks who have helped make Stanford Athletics what it's been over the past few years. Those are three things. Well, our next guest on the TreeCast really needs no introduction, but I'll give one anyway. 15-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year, four-time National Coach of the Year, two-time National Champion, Olympic gold medal head coach, and yes, you better believe she's also in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Always a pleasure to talk to the one and only Stanford Women's Basketball Head Coach, Tara Vanderveer. Coach, thanks a bunch. Appreciate the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, as well as could be expected, Troy. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. I think we're in about uh, both the same boat, as long as we're both staying ahead of the game. I think everything is, uh, is good overall. And uh, let's start here. Uh, Pac-12 obviously halted all competition uh, until January 1st at the earliest. As of right now, that also includes basketball. Uh, some reports started to surface last week about the Pac-12 maybe potentially um, looking into if everything goes well and everything is healthy enough. Uh, potentially opening things up for basketball to start uh, in late November or so. Um, wh what have you heard uh, on, on that front? You know, Troy, I'm just waiting um, for direction from our athletic director. Um, you know, so, you know, I don't really know anything officially yet. Um, but, um, you know, I'm just going to go with whatever the uh, decision is made by our president, our provost, and I'm going to support that decision. And we'll certainly go from there. It could obviously open up some interesting um, uh, scheduling scenarios as far as maybe going conference only as football was uh, slated to do uh, this, this, this past fall. And which would be very interesting because the Pac-12, no doubt, is a, is a gauntlet every single year, a conference only schedule. How would that kind of uh, maybe uh, impact the dynamic of what the next season could look like in your mind? Um, you know, we, we play a double, uh, 18 game double round and robin now. And so I'm, I personally hope that if we do play, I hope we do have a 22 game schedule. Um, and you know, you, you're against like schools, they're testing the same, um, you know, it would make for a shorter preseason, but, um, you know, I think that that would be the direction I think we would go in. Some, teams, uh, some, sc some schools were able to take the court for a little bit, uh, get some individual workouts in, obviously, across the country uh, during the summer. Um, what were some things that you guys were able to accomplish uh, during the summer uh, before things really started to, sh started to shut down a bit? Well, we have not been on campus with our team since March. So, um, you know, we, we finished um, March 13th, and Stanford has not had – spring quarter on campus or summer quarter on campus. And our county is very strict and our county, our, our uh, Maples Pavilion, our gyms are not open. Um, you are not allowed to pass a basketball except for the one person out of your household. So 
there's really um, our players went home and I think they're working very hard at home, but um, you know, until, until things really uh, get uh, cleared up, um, there's nothing going on at Stanford. Let's go back to uh, last year a little bit. Another successful year by pretty much everyone's uh, estimation, but at least by a lot of programs' estimations anyway. Uh, 27 wins, fantastic moments. Keanu Williams, that finish up in Boulder against Colorado was just out of sight to, to, to see. But also injuries, three of the six losses to Oregon, and an incomplete season for obvious reasons. Uh, what, what's your final assessment of, of last season? You know, well, as you said, we had, um, we had a really young team. Uh, you know, Keanu as the junior uh, led our team, but, uh, you know, we really missed Haley Jones uh, when she went down with a knee injury at the Oregon State game. We missed her. Um, and, uh, you know, we played, we played in a great league. Um, we were excited to uh, finish second in the league. Obviously, we wanted to win it. Um, but, um, you know, I thought we could uh, – I thought we would be a, maybe a number two seed going into the NCAA tournament, and I thought we had a good shot at going to the Final Four. But, you know, that's would be, could be, who knows, you know. Uh, we're looking forward. Um, we're very excited about our returners and our incoming freshmen. Um, and we're just uh, going to hope that we can get on the court this year. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. What and who are you most excited to see when this team retakes the court? Well, I think one of the women on our team that's really been working hard is Fran Belibi. Uh, Fran is known for her dunking ability. But um, she's really dedicated herself in offseason. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see how much she has improved. You know, obviously, it'd be great to have Haley Jones back. Um, you know, she's uh, on the mend. Um, I think Hannah Jump, another, uh, you know, the, yeah, the freshmen um, come out of high school and, you know, then, wow, college is, you know, it's faster, it's stronger, it's, everything is, you know, accelerated for them. And I think that the jump of improvement happens a lot between their freshman and sophomore year. So I'm really excited about to see the freshmen come back. Um, and, uh, you know, other people that, you know, I mean, Lexi and Lacey, the Hull twins, have, um, they've been working hard up in uh, Spokane. Um, you know, I hope, I hope that uh, Maya Dodson's healthy. Uh, she gave us some uh, good, real, real good minutes last year and the year before. Um, so we just have to kind of wait and see uh, who's, who's really – we call it win the weight. Who's been winning the weight? As we've been waiting outside, waiting to get back in, who's been taking advantage of that time? We'll see. Certainly we'll see that. And certainly, as you mentioned, the, uh, the freshman recruiting class, so ballyhooed from last year, looking forward to seeing them grow um, as, as the years go along. Uh, also a couple of new coaches um, in the fold uh, this year as well. Lindy LaRock heading down to UNLV, Tempe Brown leaving the program, but that, that paves the way for Brittany Anderson coming from Virginia Tech and one of the all-time Stanford greats in Katie Stedding. Um, how have they been so far and what are you expecting from them on the staff going forward? You know, well, it's been, Troy, it's been really tough, you know, because uh, I've not seen either of them in person yet. Um, you know, they, uh, Katie, Katie is just kind of like putting on an old shoe. I mean, she's just ready to slip right in there and, and do it. And, and Brittany has great experience. And I think she's going to, I think she's going to be a fantastic assistant coach for our program. Um, she's already, I think, really working on building great relationships um, you know, I think that all of, all of our coaches are what I'll call players coaches, you know, want to want to do the best job for our players. And so, you know, we're, we're really excited. Uh, we're happy for Lindy getting the head job and uh, Tempe made a kind of a, a you know, decision. Uh, she retired. 
but um, you know, we're, we're going to keep this train going down the tracks. I think you may have hinted at it here a little bit a couple times during our chat already, but in, in what ways has the pandemic uh, challenged you as a head coach that maybe you hadn't been challenged uh, in ways you hadn't been challenged before? Well, I mean, I, I think it, um, I mean, you know, first of all, you know, when we left everybody in March, you know, there was like a, a maybe a two week, two or three week uh, time frame where you're just like, is this real? You know, and then, you know, you thought, well, maybe it was going to be quick and people would be back for spring break. And then when it became evident that that was not going to happen, uh, we've been doing weekly Zooms with our team. We've had guest speakers on our Zooms, people like Neko Gumake, Chineo Gumake, Roz Goldonwoode. Uh, we had Katie Ledecky and Simone Manuel last, uh, two weeks ago, um, or last week, I'm sorry. And uh, it was, um, you know, it, we just had to be creative. Uh, we did our, our end of year banquet on Zoom. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, really, uh, we had different guests during the whole uh, situation, you know, that um, happened, you know, in, in May with uh, George Floyd incident with um, Black Lives Matter. We've had discussions on Zoom, uh, you know, social justice, uh, voting. Uh, we've shared uh, podcasts, uh, books, movies, um, you know, articles, uh, any, anything I think to just, um, keep our team tight. And I think that throughout the, the pandemic, um, there's been a lot of communication between the coaches and players. Uh, players have done small groups. They've been just fantastic at, you know, trying to figure out ways that they could grow as a team when you can't be on the court. What do you love most about what you do? Oh, wow, Troy. I, I think a lot of it is helping players and teams take them places they can't get by themselves, you know, with, with our coaching staff and, you know, just um, the improvement that I see with our team. Um, just trying to play basketball, I guess, a way that, uh, you know, unselfish basketball, team basketball. Uh, I like up-tempo basketball, um, you know, where you're really, um, it's, it's just such a beautiful sport and play it in a beautiful team way. Um, and, and just to see people happy, you know, with how much they improve, how much they love playing with each other. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the fun is, I say it beats working for a living, Troy. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's hard work though. I'm, I'm pretty sure about, uh, I was pretty sure about that, but I, I get, I, I get you there. Um, I want to take you back to Maples Pavilion, February 24th. What, what a night that was, what an event that was when the Oregon Ducks came to town, uh, obviously superstars all around the place, not on, not only on the floor, but also in the stands as well. Steph Curry, Russell Wilson, Ciara, Jennifer Azy, so many, so many wonderful folks in the building and such a palpable buzz at Maples, which is always fantastic to see. Um, having been in the building myself, that was really amazing to, to be able to experience. When you, when you think back on that night, obviously you would have loved to have gotten the win, but what are some of your, what, what are some of your memories of how, of the, of the atmosphere of, of that night? You know, as you said, you know, uh, Maples is a great place to play. Um, you know, we had a great crowd. Um, you know, like you said, the stars came out that night. It was a very exciting game. Obviously, we wanted to play better, um, but I was really proud of our young team, how they battled. Uh, we got down, we came back. Uh, I think we got it to five in the second half. And, you know, we just, we needed to make some shots that we didn't make and we need to have some stops that we didn't uh, do also. But, um, you know, it was, it was very exciting. And that's, I think that that's what you're seeing in Pac-12 basketball. Uh, you know, great crowds, 
uh, whether you're at Arizona, whether you're at Oregon, whether you're, you know, I mean, we've been everywhere in the league and um, playing against just tremendous competition. So um, it's exciting. It's an exciting league and it was an exciting night. Yeah, the, the turnaround in Arizona, the, what they've done the past couple of years has been, has been absolutely phenomenal down there and just helps, helps make the Pac-12 uh, even deeper and even uh, tougher. Fun for fans, maybe a little more hair-raising for coaches, but certainly fun for those of us who all, all we have to do is just uh, sit back and watch. Um, how would you measure how far women's basketball has come as a sport over the past 10 to 15 years or so? Well, I think that uh, Pac-12 Networks has been a big part of the um, development and the promotion of uh, basketball on the West Coast, which, you know, uh, it, I think that's been a major factor in, in elevating our game. Uh, the WNBA, uh, I think this year in the, in the wobble, so they, you know, they say, has gotten a great coverage and, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, we're, we're a young sport, you know, I mean, professional basketball is what, 25 years old uh, in, for women. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it, it, we're, going, we're still taking some baby steps, but um, the support of the sport by fans, um, you know, the turnout from Ma at Maples, the turnout in Arizona, um, everywhere we go. I mean, the, the Pac-12 tournament, there were people, I was just sitting you know, on the side waiting for our team to play and talking to fans and they're just like, yeah, we know it's just great basketball. We drove up from Texas for the Pac-12 tournament to Vegas. Um, so it's, it's really catching on, I think, all over the country in a really positive way. And certainly a fantastic uh, product as well. And, and, and certainly, you know, uh, leading the way off the court as well with this, with things being the way they are in, in, in this day and age, obviously. And, and, and there's no question that some of your former players have really helped carry the torch in that respect. You mentioned the Ogumike sisters um, earlier in, in the chat. They're taking over the world and I'm here for it. Um, Rosalind Gold Onwade, she's done fantastic things in the media side. Kate Starbird, from my era, the work that she's done in disinformation has been has been fantastic. What, what do you make of some of your former players and helping to be at the forefront of some of the ways that we've seen um, women's basketball lead the way off the court? Well, Troy, you know, obviously you've done your homework on, 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 on women's basketball and, and the Stanford players. Uh, look at uh, Amy Westerfeld Brooks, who's uh, probably the top woman in the NBA. Uh, you've got Bethany Donovan with the WNBA, Christy Hedgepath, uh, the top uh, top women in the WNBA and the NBA are from Stanford. Uh, Jamila Weidman. Uh, look at uh, Sonia Henning, one of the top uh, attorneys and uh, um, vice presidents, or I'm not sure the official title, but, uh, you know, executives at Nike. Um, so uh, the Stanford women, uh, Kay Starbert, a professor at uh, UW, um, you know, the, the women I've coached are just, um, they're incredibly talented and incredibly motivated, and they they leave Stanford with a lot of confidence. Um, Jane Appel is part of the, you know, Players Association. Um, it's um, a, a lot of them are are very active in basketball, but other other things too, and uh, giving back to uh, Stanford. So, uh, and giving back to women's basketball, it's great. Patchwork basketball lost a giant last week in Lute Olson, who really helped make the men's side of the conference uh, in basketball what it is today. Uh, obviously, as a giant yourself in Pac-12 basketball, did you and Lute ever ever cross paths? A any at all? Any any uh, any remembrances of of Lute Olson from your from your perspective? Well, yes, and you know one of the things um, 
you know, you mentioned Lindy LaRock. Her dad, Al LaRock, played for Luke. Uh, so he always came to like when you know Stanford games, especially when Lindy was playing, and uh, you know a gentleman, just a, a wonderful coach, a wonderful man. Um, and, you know, it's just uh, you know he was at Iowa when I was at Ohio State. I mean, so we we crossed um, in, in several ways here at, at Stanford and um, back in the Big Ten. But um, you know, just a really a special coach and someone that uh, I'm I have had the honor to get to know. Um, you know, and I, I feel a very, um, you know, just very badly for his family and especially for Lindy and her family too, because they're very close to Coach Olson. One of the all-time greats, no, no question about that. Um, you are five wins away from passing Pat Summit uh, as, uh, as the all-time winningest head coach in women's college basketball history. Uh, what would that milestone mean to you? You know, Troy, um, I don't really think of things like individually. I know that that would be, it would be a great accomplishment as a coach, but I never went into coaching to like win a thousand games or, you know, have the most career wins or something like that. Um, you know, at this point I would be just thankful to get in the gym, you know, with what's going on right now and uh, you know, not being able to practice, not being able to see your players. I mean, I'm going to have to wear a mask and be six feet away. You know, I just, um, I don't know. I, I would just, I'd give anything just to have it back to normal, but um, you know, it's uh, it, it would be an honor to be, um, you know, in Pat Summit's uh, class as a coach. And I'm just going to try to take it, you know, one day at a time and one game at a time. All right, let's wrap it up uh, here on this. Uh, what's on your to-do list as we all wait and try to figure out what, what kind of shape uh, the college basketball season is going to take from the NCAA standpoint and certainly from the Pac-12 standpoint as well. In the meantime, what's on your to-do list for the weeks ahead? Well, you know, Troy, um, one of the things that, you know, has, you know, we've touched on this a little bit, but our, our team is, I think, very involved with um, kind of getting out the vote, you know, wanting to really promote uh, voting um, for uh, every uh, every American that this is our right and kind of our duty as a citizen, and our team uh, is very involved in discussions about uh, promoting uh, social justice and trying to uh, you know work on like education maybe within our community and discussing as a team um, when we share uh, on our zooms uh, we have shared um, like books and. Uh, you know, podcasts and things just to be uh, to be more educated as um, kind of as citizens of our, our country, but um, wanting, uh, you know, wanting to use basketball as a positive platform for positive change. And, you know, the importance of education, the importance of uh, fairness. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's what's so great about, you know, basketball is like, when, you know, when you go on the court, you know, you, you just, you, you get a fair game and it's, you know, it's the best team is winning and, you know, it's not, uh, and it's not based on other things. And so I think that that's been, uh, that's busy, you know, just uh, doing a lot of reading. In the meantime, uh, there's a lot of Zooms, as you can imagine. Uh, I wish I'd invested in Zoom like back in February. <laughs> I didn't even know what Zoom was. Um, but uh, we're also, I think, uh, you know, we're very involved with uh, recruiting a 2021 class, 2022 class. And, you know, we're really excited about the future. We, we know that this, uh, the pandemic is going to be uh, uh, in the rear view mirror one of these days soon. And uh, we want to be ready to go and excited about, uh, you know, a, a great upcoming season. 
should be fun. Can't wait to see y'all uh, retake the court and uh, hopefully it is soon and hopefully it is done in a safe and responsible manner. Right. Coach, thanks a bunch. Really appreciate the time. Uh, stay healthy. Best of luck to you and the staff and, and, and the student athletes as well. And we'll chat again soon. Thanks a bunch. All right. Thank you, Troy. Wow. Our, our thanks again, uh, Tara Vanderveer, for uh, spending a little bit of time with us for an in-depth conversation and a pretty honest answer on uh, passing Pat's summit, the potential for passing Pat's summit uh, with five more wins and becoming the all-time winningest coach in women's college basketball history. She doesn't really care about that right now. She's more concerned about getting in the gym. And, you know, you, you just kind of forget sometimes, I think, how limited the coaches have been in this situation. I think Tara put it perfectly there, and I don't think she necessarily meant to, but when she mentions that, you know, she's got two no, two new coaches on staff, Kate Pay, of course, uh, still the associate head coach, but two new coaches on staff, and she hasn't seen them in person since they signed on, neither Brittany Anderson nor Katie Stedding. So that, that just kind of illustrates to you just a little bit of – the difficulties, you know, I mean, so much of coaching is in person, one-on-one, -on -one, relationships between uh, the coaches and the rest of the staff and the players as well. And, and all that has been, has had to be done virtually of late. So she just wants to get back in the gym more than anything else right now. I think a lot of, I think a lot of coaches feel that way as well. But really cool to go over some of the players that have made Tremendous impacts off the court for Stanford women's basketball. Uh, the Agumike sisters we mentioned, Aneka, the head of the uh, WNBA Players Association, Cheney, a WNBA player, but uh, having a fantastic media career with ESPN. And she just started uh, co-hosting an ESPN radio national show just a couple weeks ago. Congratulations uh, to her on that. We mentioned Kate Starbird and, and her amazingly relevant work. I highly suggest you follow Kate on Twitter. Uh, she provides a lot of perspective on some of the things that we're seeing um, around around the country anyway. And quite honestly, some names that I'd quite honestly forgotten, Jamila Weidman, who was also from my era um, at Stanford, uh, and, and so many others who were doing fantastic things um, off the court and uh, really helping to carry the torch uh, for Stanford women's basketball and being great ambassadors uh, for Stanford women's basketball and for women's basketball and basketball, really, as a whole uh, during a very interesting time and intriguing time uh, for that sport and uh, for this country. So I uh, really appreciate her thoughts on that, and uh, really cool to get her uh, her thoughts and her remembrances of Lou Dolson and uh, was was uh, got, we got the heads up uh, earlier last week that uh, Lute was not doing well, and a couple of days later, uh, he passed along. And man, those were some epic battles between Lute Olson and Mike Montgomery back in the day. When Lute Olson and his crew were in the building at Maples Pavilion, you knew it was something big. And Stanford came away with their share. Arizona came away with its share as well. Uh, but uh, Lute Olson will definitely be missed in the coaching community, um, and beyond. So glad that Tara Vanderveer could uh, share her thoughts on that too. You've got reaction. I always welcome it. Best way to share your reaction to anything you hear on the show, even some things that you don't hear on the show, I welcome them. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast is the way to go to uh, share your thoughts on Stanford Athletics. You got thoughts on the Pac-12, 
and anything else that's happening on your mind in the world of sports, collegiate sports, I uh, welcome your thoughts and opinions. Hashtag Shriecast. Don't forget, if you have missed previous episodes of the show, you've got the long holiday weekend coming up. You want to spend a little time. you got a little extra time on your hands. Hey, spend some time with the TreeCast. Last week, we had a tremendous show, I thought, with uh, Stanford NFL past, present, and future. Talking to Stanford Pro Football Hall of Famer James Lofton, getting his thoughts on what to expect in the NFL season ahead and some of his great moments and some amazing Bill Walsh anecdotes. And also uh, talked with uh, NFL draft expert Tony Pauline and got his thoughts on a couple of the uh, higher draft prospects that Stanford uh, could have and what their, what their futures could potentially hold in the next few months. Those guys... Uh, David Shaw a couple of weeks ago with his latest thoughts, uh, Senator Cory Booker back in May, David Esker, Stanford baseball head coach also back in May, Brevin Knight, Mark Madsen. Uh, we've had some really cool interviews over the past few months. I highly suggest you check those out in the vault on whatever app you listen to the TreeCast on. Probably the best way to do that. Subscribe, rate, and review. Appreciate the great reviews and the ratings that we've received so far. If you like the show, tell the world. If you don't like the show, tell me. Deal? Deal. Thanks again to our special guest this week, Tara Vanderveer, the one and only. Can't wait to see her break, uh, break that record and become the all-time winningest coach in women's college basketball history. Well-earned, well-earned uh, for Tara Vanderveer um, if she's able to get that mark. Just needs five more right on her fingertips. But first things first, get back in the gym. <laughs> That's what she wants to do right now. But our thanks again to Tara Vanderveer for joining us. And our thanks, biggest thanks of all going out to you for being a part of the show. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet just as dumb as the person who does not wear a mask and refuses to do so and refuses to do the things that we all need to do to beat COVID-19, mask it or casket. It's just that simple. Have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. Wear a mask when you're out in public and with other people. And we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you for being with us here on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network.